As Earth Keepers, we hold wisdom about our planet within our bodies learned through lifetimes of experience on Earth and throughout the cosmos. I'm Amy Dempster, a shamanic practitioner and your host for the Earth Keepers podcast, and I'm on a journey to reconnect with my soul family, the other Earth Keepers, grid workers, portal tenders, land stewards, and nature lovers around the world. On this podcast, you won't find gurus or dogma, just a safe space where I share personal stories from my spiritual journey. Welcome back to this week's episode of the Earth Keepers podcast. Over the past few weeks, there's been a topic kind of rolling around in the back of my mind. It has to do with the idea of being in isolation versus being in community. Obviously, we've had a lot of practice over the past year with isolation, but I'm not here today to talk about the politics or the science or what's right or wrong or true or false. If you've listened to enough episodes of this show, you probably know that I find truth a really difficult concept to pin down. We each have our own unique and deeply personal experiences that lead us to create a set of beliefs that are specific to us and color the way we see and experience the world. I have my own beliefs, of course, and one of them is that we're all perfectly smart and capable enough to decide what's good for us, our families, and our communities. We can do our own research and make our own decisions based on our unique lives. And we don't need to boss around other smart, capable people who make choices different than our own. But if you want to hear me talk more about this, go back and listen to episode 13, Can Opposing Truths Both Be True? Because when we start loosening our grip on duality thinking, which is one of the first steps in shifting towards unity consciousness, we start getting some serious reality checks on topics that we were absolutely positively sure we knew the truth about the week or even a day before. So anyhow, back to this isolation we've all experienced at least a bit over the past year. Depending on who you ask, the isolation was necessary for our spiritual evolution and ascension, a kind of light worker lockdown, a hard stop on all of the running we were doing to try and keep up with the compression of linear time. The faster time moved, the less time it felt like we had, so the faster we would go. Until we couldn't. And then it was no more going, no more doing. And then what? Well, through our isolation, we could focus intently on our spiritual practice. Now, you may be thinking, OMG, is she serious right now? because my spiritual practice was the last thing I had time to focus on over the past year. But that's what's funny about being a human here on earth. We have an idea of what a spiritual practice should look like. And then we beat ourselves up for not doing what we think is required to have that practice. But the practice actually comes in living our lives. It's in our day-to-day actions and behaviors where we put into practice what comes through to us during meditation or yoga or channeling or whatever else we might do as part of our spiritual journey. And as this journey of isolation has worn on, my guides keep showing it to me as a kind of 
hero's journey that we're on, both individually and collectively. If you're not familiar with the hero's journey, it's a pattern identified by Joseph Campbell in which a call to adventure leads to transformation. This framework of the journey has been repeated in books and movies again and again, where we meet the hero of the story as an ordinary person with an ordinary life. They then receive some kind of call to adventure in the form of information that shakes up the status quo. The hero is going to have to leave their regular life behind and embark on a journey. The adventure, of course, is full of tests, enemies, and allies. He learns some new skills, but also has some epic failures. Until finally, he reaches the belly of the whale, or the innermost cave, or as my guides refer to it, the underworld. In this underworld, he faces his biggest trial yet and ultimately receives his reward for overcoming the adversity. And then he begins the road back home to the ordinary world. Oftentimes, this journey is just as dangerous as the journey when he first left home. The enemy may rally for another round of the fight, and he's tested once more before returning resulting in a death and a rebirth on a higher and more complete level than in the first trial. He awakens to a totally new world and a transformed life. When he returns to the ordinary world with his reward or treasure, which may just be more confidence or new skills, he's able to offer it to others to assist them on their own journeys. Now, I think we can all agree that prior to March 2020, we were all ordinary people living ordinary lives. And however it happened for you, you were told to pack up your desk at work or pick your kids up from daycare or close your business and stay home. In some ways, this did feel a bit like a call to adventure, an entirely new experience where you didn't have to do all the things you typically had to do. You might have to hop on Zoom for some work calls, but Nobody had to know if you were wearing yoga pants, or no pants, or if you took a nap on your lunch break, or if you had to make some personal calls in between your work calls. Suddenly, you were in totally new territory that you had to figure out how to navigate. And all I can think of is that lawyer showing up for Zoom court with the cat filter and saying emphatically, I'm not a cat. So, yeah. We've all learned some new skills, made some new online friends, and maybe even discovered an enemy or at least an adversary. But at some point in the past year, you've probably reached the underworld and the road of trials on your hero's journey. The point at which you had to face your fears and engage with your shadow and one of the big fears we've had to face together during this time of isolation is the fear of death. Because let's face it, as a culture, we don't want to think about death. We don't want to talk about death or even let people die when it's their time to go. And because we don't have an understanding of the spiritual and energetic mechanics of death, we use modern medicine to sometimes extend the life in the body much beyond its useful or desired time to be in that body. And 
there's no better way than a pandemic to bring death to our doorsteps in a big way. Furthermore, we've had to come to terms with the fact that our healthcare system is broken or never really worked well in the first place, and that our government prioritizes the profit of multi-billion dollar corporations over the actual health and safety of its citizens. So everyone has had their own unique experience in the underworld because we all have different things that need healing within ourselves. But if you've at least taken some time over the past year to really sit with your fears and ask them what they were here to teach you, or maybe you've even let them dismantle you piece by piece until you had to start over from scratch, then you might be on the road back home right about now. Of course, that's the metaphorical road back home because Lord knows we've been on this journey without ever leaving home. But remember, the road back home is just as dangerous as when the journey began. Bits and pieces of your old fears may still be lurking in the shadows, waiting to pounce. You may still have another personal death and rebirth yet to come, but you will return home transformed. However, there's one little step in the hero's journey that's often forgotten. Just as the hero often doesn't want to embark on the journey in the first place, much as we didn't want to stay at home for as long as we have, just before the return home, there's often a refusal of the return, the desire to stay in this new place that was once so unfamiliar. Think about Dorothy in The Wizard of Oz not wanting to leave all of her new friends, even though she'd been trying so, so hard to get back home. Why go back to that old, boring life now that you've grown and transformed? And this is the question I've been mulling over the past few weeks. How will we collectively return to the communities we were once a part of after we've settled into this new place where isolation is so comfortable for us? Now, I know some of you, probably the extroverts among us, can't wait to get back to all the peopling. But I'll bet a lot of us have re-evaluated how we were spending our time and who we were spending it with over the past year. And now we're trying to figure out how we go back to that old life that wasn't really working for us anyway. The more I've been thinking about it, the more I'm seeing what a delicate balance it is. We miss our families and our friends, but also are perfectly fine working over Zoom if we can. And to be quite honest, I'm a little worried that we'll never make it back home from our journeys, that we won't bring the riches we've discovered within ourselves back to the people who need it, that we'll never cross that threshold of return and master living in both worlds. In the hero's journey, that phase is when we learn to move seamlessly between the worlds we've experienced without compromising or destroying them. We become the bridge, which is exactly what we're doing in our shamanic practices, bridging the seen and unseen worlds, traveling to the other dimensions for knowledge and healing, and then bringing it back here and grounding it into the physical. And this is why I think it's so important to return from the journey we've been on over the past year. We have all been transformed, and now it's time to share with our communities. The reality is that most of our spiritual journeys happen in isolation. Maybe we have a mentor, but 
most of us just kind of muddle along by ourselves with our helping spirits and whatever books or information we can find to explain what we're experiencing. And I'm reminded of an episode of a podcast I heard a few years ago with Christina Pratt and Kelly Harrell. They were talking about how they had begun to come across kind of beleaguered spirit guides and spirits of the land, but seemed a bit tapped out. These spirits they were encountering were unable to continue doing their work in some cases without our help and cooperation. That while shamanic work is certainly a wonderful self-help modality, at some point we have to come out of our own healing bubbles and reach out beyond ourselves. Personal healing will always be part of our individual journeys and will never be complete. But at some point, we need to find or reach out to our community and bring our unique medicine. We've each had powerful experiences, realizations, and maybe even a dark night of the soul over the past year. And now it's time to share what we've learned. We can't be lone rangers out on the prairie doing our work all alone. The issues in the spirit world can't be healed by just one person. All of our unique gifts are necessary. So what can we do? Begin asking to be shown where our gifts would be most effective. The medicine the world needs is here, but we humans need to assist with the activation of it. There are places in nature that are calling out to us, and when we link up in community to do the work, our medicine is multiplied. So as the saying goes, we are the people we're waiting for. But it doesn't happen in isolation. We have to cross the threshold to return. Because once we do, we can reach the final step in the hero's journey, the freedom to live. And it's in that step that I understand why my guides wanted me to use this journey to understand where we've been over the past year and what's still ahead of us. Because the reason the hero reaches the freedom to live is that he no longer fears death. We've experienced a lot of restrictions to our freedoms to live this past year in an effort to avoid death. Was that right or wrong? Who knows? It's going to take years to see the large scale effects of this pandemic. But as important as it is to consider the health and well being of our larger community, we've also seen that we are so fearful of death that we're willing to stop living for an extended period of time in an attempt to dodge the one thing that's inevitable for us all. And what we can see is that even death itself is a hero's journey. In many indigenous cultures, it's understood that the living make preparations for the deceased to travel safely to the land of the dead. Just like the hero, after we separate from our human body, we journey back to the state of divine knowledge and source consciousness, where there's also a freedom to live on. Because even after death, our consciousness continues its journey of growth and expansion. Obviously, we'll each be making our own individual choices as to how and when it will be time to step over the threshold and reunite with our communities in person. But I want to encourage you to feel your way through this with your heart and not to get too stuck in your head. Work through the fears that may be keeping you from bringing your medicine to your communities, whatever those are for you. Evaluate when you truly need time to yourself and to be in isolation. 
versus it just being a comfortable habit that's been created over the past year. For me, I'm truly an introvert and don't terribly mind being home alone much of the time. But oh my goodness, I miss you all so much. I cannot wait to get out and about to see you, to hug you, to hike with you, and to work in community with you and the spirits of the land. And I am thrilled to say that I have my first trip since November of 2019 booked for this June. I cannot believe it will have been 19 months since I left the state of Montana. For this trip, I'll be traveling the corridor of light, go figure, from Montana through Idaho and Utah and down to Arizona. I'm still finalizing the exact dates I'll be on the road, but I am hoping to plan two meetups, one somewhere around Salt Lake City area and one in Sedona. So if you're in those areas and you want to connect, I will share the details soon. Be sure you are on my email list because that is where I will share it first. I'm also planning to host a retreat, most likely here in Montana in either September or October. And retreat invitations go out to all of those who are in the Earth Tenders Academy. So if you want to come to the retreat, you're going to want to be in the Earth Tenders Academy, especially if you've listened to this podcast episode and said, what community? I would love to have a community and people to talk and share with. I've discovered in my journey that having a mentor and a supportive community makes all the difference. I spent years of trial and error working together with my guides to learn how to work with the land in this way. And let's be honest, it does make for some good stories here on the podcast. But in the Earth Tenders Academy, I share what I've learned to help you uncover your own gifts, work with your own guides, and offer your healing energy to the earth. The Earth Tenders Academy is a self-paced online journey with a supportive community where you'll learn to work with the ancestors, the spirits of the land, and the energies of the earth to deepen your already strong connection to the natural world. Through this course, you will learn by doing. Each of the nine modules include one or more video lessons from me explaining the concepts, followed by guided meditation so you can experience the lesson and practice your skills as often as you'd like. The last module of the course is all about sharing your gifts in community with others exactly what we've been talking about here today. Our spiritual journeys can often feel isolating when we don't know other people doing this work. The Earth Tenders Academy Facebook group is a place to share and connect with other like-minded people walking similar paths. And you'll also receive ongoing support. You can work through the course at the pace that's comfortable for you, but I do host two live calls every month for all Earth Tenders to practice our skills together answer questions, get to know each other, and just chat about what's coming up for us as we do this work in the world. So if this work is calling to you, I would love to have you join our community. There is a link in the show notes to learn more, and hopefully I'll see you out and about somewhere between now and the end of the year. Okay, that's it for this week's episode. I will see you right back here next Tuesday. Thank you, thank you from the bottom of my heart for listening to the Earth Keepers podcast. I'm so honored to share this journey with you. 
I would love it if you join me and other Earth Keepers from around the world in the Following Hawks Earth Keepers community on Facebook. To find the show notes, additional resources, or learn more about working with me, go to earthkeeperspodcast.com. Until next time, I'll see you in the multiverse.